Hello to everybody who went back to seventh grade. It's beautiful anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hey everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous, a show with a. Uh, an unstated but subconscious goal to connect the entire world one human being at a time. How about that for a goal? First things first, uh, we announced this week there's going to be a video version. Beautiful Anonymous, there's a company called Topic. They make stuff for the old uh, internet slash your uh, streaming devices to your TV. And they're going to be making a, a version of the show that's half hour calls. And there will be cameras in the studio and then they're going to animate the calls and I feel really good. I always wonder. It's like, you know, I'm someone who's made TV shows before. I'm like, how would you make this a TV show? It's, it's an audio medium. But luckily, this show is uh, just like everything I've done over the years, four years, chipped away at it. Somebody finally said, you know what? There's clearly something here. Let's do it. And that's because of all of you guys. It's not because of me. Um, so I want to thank every listener who has supported the show and, uh, listened over the years, called over the years, and just proven what this thing is because somebody's taking a chance on us. And of course, thank you to everybody who's worked on it from John and Greta in the early days to Jared and Anita right now, Harry Nelson along the way, everybody at Earwolf, Chris Bannon, Eric, Colin, everybody. Super cool stuff. We'll see how it goes. Might be a disaster. Might go great. And uh, seeing you guys in the Facebook group and in my old Instagram comments, people really rallying around it made a guy feel good. And historically, as you know, I'm not someone who always feels good. So thank you for that. Now, it's weird to do a celebratory thing at the top of the episode because the episode you're about to hear is actually a very intense one. The caller's in the middle of a situation that I don't think any of us would wish upon even our worst enemy. She's being stalked. Um, She's being stalked by someone who she used to be very close to. Scary stuff. Uh, Hearing the first person's perspective of how that goes is, is really sobering. Um, the caller, it's it's also, you know, uh, the caller clearly is either in a, you know, I, I think handling it very well, level-headed, hoping for the best, doing what she can, also maybe just taking a deep breath so as to not let it affect her fully, but uh, it's really gripping stuff. And then in the middle of the call, we take this very, very unexpected tangent where you hear about the caller's past profession and current profession and why she chose to make that leap and that sacrifice. And it's it really speaks so highly to her. And uh, and then, yeah, we get back to the stalking stuff. Classic, beautiful, anonymous. You have some stalking, you go somewhere else, you get back to the stalking. Anyway, it's a really intense call and can't wait to see what you guys think about it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm good. I hurt my neck. I hurt my neck earlier today. And also the, uh, the reality of our world has torn apart at the seams. But outside of those things, I'm pretty good. How about you? Yeah, I... I'm okay. I can't believe I'm talking to you right now. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad yeah, we're on the phone a, together. Yeah, it's been a crazy year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I started off this year um, getting broken up with over the phone. Oh, that um, sucks. Yeah. So my I was living with my uh, then boyfriend, and he um, he has bipolar, and he I hadn't I, I was with him for like three years, um, and then he um, had his had a manic episode, and the first his first action item was to call me and break up with me and tell me to remove my things. Now, when you said that you got broken up with over the phone, I assumed, well, this must be long distance. And you're telling me no. it's, it's actually as far opposite of that as you can get, living together. Yeah, we were living together. He went, he had to go get some lab work done. And I went home to visit my family. They live like 15 minutes away. And he proceeded to call me and broke up with me. And that led to, that was like January, mid-January. So this year has been insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought you were referring to all the social upheaval and the pandemic when you said this year was nuts, but you're well before any of that set in. You were already, <laughs> your foundation yeah. was pulled out from under you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I, I certainly, I, I of all people have sympathy for people who are bipolar. I know that uh, you know, when you're in a manic phase, your actions are impulsive and, and, you know, there's, I'm sure there's certainly some level on, even on your end where you're like, well, this is part of the deal. That being uh-huh. said, when you remove the sympathy from it, uh-huh. how mad were you that this shit went down over the phone? I was, I was furious. And then once like, I realized what exactly was going on. I then had like sympathy and like, we were able to get him into like a hospital. And then after all that, um, he still wanted to break up. So I was just like, okay, cool. I can move on. Everything's fine. Yeah. Um, and then he proceeded to like stalk me once I moved out. Um, he broke up with you and then stalked you. Yes. It was. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. (laughs) So I moved out. And I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. Then COVID happened and I'm like, okay, well, I'm stuck inside. Might as well like start talking to people over the internet and like whatever, whatever. And um, he proceeded, like one day I went to the grocery store, I had my mask on and, and then he was there. And I was like, wait, what? Cause like, I don't know, there's a global pandemic going on right now. We're not even supposed to be at the grocery store. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And I just started escalating where I'm like about to move again for the third time. Wait, you've had to for, move? For the third time with it. Because we were living together the first time so I moved. I got that. And one. then then this time I'm here. I'm at my new place. And since he's he knows where I live and has been stalking me here, I'm about to move again. And we had just moved in together in August. So it's just a lot. It was just a lot. It's been a lot. And you know, when you say stalking, that's serious. You don't drop that yeah. lightly. I have to wonder. No. When you when it first started up, though, was there any conversation with him that was like, "Hey, like, what's this about?" Because you you removed yourself from the relationship, so why is it now turning in? Right. Like, you could have just there was- stayed dating. Although, again, yeah. mental illness. I always remind yeah. people. I remember it was actually not to name drop. I remember once talking with Ira Glass because he Mm -hmm. saw my show about my mental illness. And he was like, I don't get, 
he's like, I, I feel like he was giving me some notes and he's like, I feel like as far as it being like a story, uh-huh. you keep making the same mistakes. Like the character's not learning uh-huh. and growing. And I was like, well, right. that's why it's mental illness. Cause there's no, yeah. there's no yeah. logic. And he was like, Oh, like it was, it was something that I think hit him. So I get that. But yeah. what, how did that conversation go for you? Um, well, I guess like when you were in the process of like him getting out of the hospital and then me us having the conversation and deciding like, okay, I'm going to move out and all that. Um, everything seemed like he seemed like he was in a good state of mind. But once he started like the stalking, we had like one major conversation because we were, once I moved out, I stopped talking to him. And then like he started calling and calling and calling from different numbers. So I eventually picked up. We had a long conversation that like you could tell he wasn't rational. Um, this, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, at this point, uh, like I have a harassment order out against him. Mm-hmm. And um, when he, he's been breaking it and one of the times he broke it, um, he was actually like standing on my neighbor's like balcony and like shouting at my apartment and um the police came out and like they charged they took him to jail for like burglary and i was just frustrated just like i've been calling a million times but you're gonna take him for like being on somebody else's property and not actually i don't know i don't know i'm like spiraling right now but yeah oh so sorry i I mean the spiral sounds justified i think every literally every person on earth right now is feeling a ton of emotion. And like I said, like the foundation has just kind of fallen out on how we all operate day to day. And then you got this going on too. So the spiral's justified. And I hope you know that, that you don't have to, there's no part of you. You shouldn't be like, I like, I got to tough it out. Like this, you can just allow that spiral to go. Cause you got, if you got somebody shouting at you from a balcony, and you feel like the authorities yeah. aren't helping. Yeah. No, no, no good. No good. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. What, yeah. A, what a trite and obvious thing I said. That's no yeah. good. No good. Now, when you have this, uh, what did you, you didn't say protection order. I believe you said something, another phrasing. Yeah. It's like, it's like a protection order. Yeah. And um, does, does it mandate like a certain distance he has to stay away or certain yeah, places he's not yeah. allowed to go? Yeah. Yeah, it does. But obviously, I mean, the police are not doing much um, to help me out when I, you know, when I call, it's kind of like, oh, well, stay safe. Or like when I go in and show them things, it's like, okay, well, just watch your back. It's just like, this is not helping. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it should also be said, like, I'm a black woman. He's a black man. Like, we live in this world right now where, like, I don't even feel like I trust the police to help me out. And, like, they're definitely showing me that right now. Um, well, I was going to say, even, even before you just let me know that you're a black woman, I was just about to say, this is not, this is not, a, this is not a shining moment for the public relations department or police <laughs> no. departments anywhere. And then to hear... No to hear some of the stuff that has been going on in society for people who have done nothing. And then for you to say, Hey, actually here's a person actively doing stuff and they're going, all right, yeah. well, good luck with that. It, it just yeah. reiterates that the priorities of the system are, are, are not, are not in line with what 
you know, communities are actually asking of the police. Yeah. That's sure. Can I ask how old you are? Yeah. Um, I'm in my early thirties. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I hate, uh, this is the more, I mean, we're only about nine minutes in and I'm realizing the depths of this. Yeah. There's a lot going on. There is. Cause um, I'll, I also have to wonder too, painful question. Uh-huh. This, this is someone that you cared about for three years, lived uh-huh. with. Yeah. This is someone who I'm sure, you know, it's, it's driven by illness. You're aware of that. Uh-huh. It, it's still putting you in uh-huh. danger. So you have to deal with it. It's also not a time in society where you want to call the police right. on a right. on, on I, anyone, let alone a black man right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Let alone yeah. someone who you and, really do care about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't going to, like at first. But his 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 mother and like people on his side of his family started like calling me, like, hey, like if he if you see him call, like we will not, there's like, we will not be mad at you if something happens. Like if he's, if he, if you see him following you call and like that gave me, uh, I guess that gave me like permission in a way, because I'm the, like the last person to call the, like if, if, you know, I'm the last person to call the cops for any given reason. Like I try to like work things out on my own and you know, um, but yeah. Yeah. I think his mom calling me and telling me that was kind of like, okay. That's huge. I mean, that must, that's what a show of strength on her part and a show of support of you. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a scary, yeah. you know, it, it's all, it also underlines how out of control things are. Cause if someone's own mother is saying, right. no, really seriously watch out. Yeah. It's a serious yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you're, it's, uh, you mentioned you're moving again. I was almost going to ask, like, are you going to stay in the same town or city? But I, I almost don't want you revealing. Yeah. I, I almost yeah. don't want you talking about specifics about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, but Yeah. I have a friend in my life, a friend of my wife's, who was being stalked. Uh-huh. And like a guy who showed up in her hallway banging on her door. Scary stuff. And she uh-huh. went she went to the precinct and she said the cops were actually really on top of it. And that was the NYPD. Nice. And nice. I was, yeah, very good for her. But I have to say, I was like pleasantly shocked yeah that, that's good to hear yeah especially the nypd there's i don't have there's right. not, <laughs> not much love there not much love there yeah 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 so, um yeah i'm really sorry that yeah. they're that they're fail- you know i have to imagine i wonder if you've researched it because if not i bet you're going to hear about it from anyone who who listens to this episode i would have to imagine that this happens so often where the system fails women in your position that there are mm-hmm. alternate uh, resources or organizations mm-hmm. to help people in yeah. this situation. Yeah. And they're like, 
it's crazy because this morning I got a check in the mail from like an organization like that. It was like a small check, like a couple hundred dollars um, that my friend like linked me up with. She's like, oh, this organization does help. You just have to tell them a little bit of information. And I was like really shocked at how quickly it came. I mean, that being said, like I live, I, I don't live in the state that it was sent from. It was sent from California. So it was kind of like, oh, well, of course, like a, a really progressive state. Like, like um, it was sent from like an organization that's there. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of, I'm starting to find out, like, there's a lot of that, but it's just, as far as like knowing about it, it's really hard unless you know people who know things and, um, yeah. Yeah, because moving's not cheap and Uh -uh. it's, and it's not easy. You don't want to be out looking at apartments in the pandemic. You don't want to be going into homes Uh with realtors right now. It's really, uh, no. Yeah, this is yeah. This is a horrible thing, and just about the worst timing. And I hate yeah. to say, there's yeah. almost some dark humor in that, but it's like, but, can, can you at least stalk me once we have a vaccine, dude? Like, right, right, right. Least- I'm like sitting here, like laughing, just like, of course they let him out of jail because of COVID. Like, of oh, course, really? I want him to be safe. I don't, yeah, because he was in jail for like the burglary stuff and waiting, you know, and then they like usually hold them until they have like some sort of hearing or something like that. Um, I don't know much about the legal system, but like they, they released him early with no bail money posted, nothing just because they don't want people like in the jails, you know, sitting around on top of each other. And so I'm like, of course I don't want you to get it, but also like I want you in somewhere getting help. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Or at least like, you know, shuffled somewhere where you can get help. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Okay, man, there's 16 vaccines in human trials right now. We might be, there might be an ending site a few months out, year (laughs) out. Can you just stay off the balcony till then, man? Yeah, yeah. All I can do is laugh really some days. That's what I'm here. Well, that's my whole life is, can you take, can you take the misery of human existence and find a way to just laugh for 10 seconds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what? What is your hope? What's the, you know, what's the, what's the ideal well, I, way I, that this ends? And and what do you hope for him? Well, um, for me, I, I like, I, I hope that he like gets better. I hope that he finds like himself and is able to like regulate himself better. Um, so that he doesn't get to a point where he's doing things like this. Um, but also like, I don't know. I, I, you know, I know that mental, you know, mental illness is hard and like, I just hope that he finds what he needs to find and is good. I just, I keep saying, I just want him to be good. Um, And for me, like, I feel like I've learned so much about how strong I am already. And I feel like I've already, like, I've always been doing a lot of work on myself. So like this happening kind of like led to make me having clarity and like, you know, if something's not feeling right, then I should leave when it starts not feel right to me and not like wait um, for something like this to happen. Um, and so, like, I feel like I'm in a really good space right now because, you know, I know it's it's June and um, all, like, the crazy, the, the beginning started in January. So I kind of feel like right now I'm finally at a place where I'm like, okay, I'm good with myself. But for him, I just want him to be good. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't even need to talk to him. I don't need any sort of apologies. I don't need anything from him. I just want him to be good. Um, yeah. And... As far as him getting that help, if if his mother is calling you and saying, 
do not hesitate to protect yourself. We understand. This means there's a lot of people in his life who care about him, at least you oh, and yeah. at least his mother, who are really worried. Why isn't there the ability to have a welfare check happen or to have an involuntary commitment happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, in the begin, like in January, when it all started, I, I was able to do all that. Like I got him into a hospital and he was there for like three days, I think it was. And then they let him out and they gave him like some vitamin D. Like it was, it was just like, what? Um, and then his family is actually like well off. So like, they are, they have all the resources to be able to help them. And they've done all, they've gone through that road in the past. And so I think at this point, they're kind of just like, well, let him bottom out, you know, let him learn for himself. I think that's where they're kind of at. Like they want him to get the consequences and they don't want to be the people constantly saving him because, you know, he's in his early thirties like me. And so, um, I feel like that's where they're, you know, they don't want to constantly, taking care of him. I get that. I get that. I mean, I, my, my, my understanding though, is that in a lot of places, if someone's in danger of hurting themselves or someone else, Mm -hmm. they might have to go to a hospital where they are not given the option of leaving on their own until, until the authorities sign off on that. I I wonder, I wonder if that's really good at, it it was like the first time I saw it, I don't know. It was just interesting at how good he was at like, switching up yeah like i know that his feeling. dad would come and so his dad he would be like his dad would be like oh he's fine and his mom would be like look at like no but when i'm there he's like <laughs> like it's just like this i think he's really good at like switching up and being okay because even like he's called a bunch of my friends and they've been like oh he was fine for the first 10 minutes when he called me until he got to this point and then he wasn't but like so i i feel yeah. like i don't know and it, with everything going on this is the last thing that people want to I don't know. There's a lot going on in our world. That's a sad Um, thing you just said, because it's true. It doesn't excuse the fact that people would maybe be stepping up more, but everybody's feeling dragged down right now and everybody's emotional capacity is tapped out right now. What a, what a bad year for this shit to go down. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently everything's in retrograde. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't quite know what retrograde means, but I understand it's a high impact thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what it means either, but people keep saying it, so I'm gonna keep saying it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, everybody's working from home these days. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't want to get into too many details, but. I would have to imagine that with the, how would I phrase it? With the way that all of our movements are restricted, uh-huh. is that, does that add any fear in the sense of there's, there's less, there's less breathing room and less places right. for you to go. Does that yeah. make, does that make you feel a little more stressed out? Like there's, like there's an, an yeah. easier ability for someone to know where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yes and no, because at least, uh, like, especially doing, I mean, I'm in a state where like people are now like walking around doing whatever now, like they're, I don't know. But, um, I, I, when it was first happening, it was kind of like, well, at least I'm at home. Like I'm not expected to leave. Like I won't have to like leave and look at my, wash my back. I'm all stocked up, ready to go. Um, 
but then there's also like the layer of like I'm I'm a I'm an educator so like I'm like teaching children from home like doing all these new things and like um I guess like that like my, for me like my work the best part is like seeing my kids every day and so like the joy of my my work is taken away where it's just pure like do this work online children <laughs> like I don't know uh yeah wait did you say do this work on blind children or sorry like <laughs> i'm a i'm a teacher and so like i would post assignments for kids to do and so like i wouldn't get like the joy of like being in front of a classroom and like jumping around and doing crazy things got it um got it that joy was taken away and it was more of like okay children like here's the work do it outgrade it i'll talk to you but it's not like as fun you know like yeah. the joy in teaching is like being around children and like finding little perks and like the little conversations they have with each other. It's the joy in teaching. It's not like the, okay guys, like do these math problems. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I did mishear you on that. And I did, it did have the <laughs> thought of, I was like, Oh, there are, there are like, there's like, every friend that I have, who's a teacher, I see them posting online about how it's, it's, this is not fun and not easy. No. And you're like, Oh man, no. there's people teaching. T- people teaching all sorts of people right now online. It's yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I I uh, I get the sense from teacher friends of mine that they regard this largely as a wasted year, and I get the sense oh. of of friends of mine who are parents of kids in school that it is a huge pain in the ass for them too. <laughs> How do you feel? Yeah, about this? it's a it's painful on both ends because like you're required like in my state we're required to like talk to like we're required to like schedule phone conferences with kids like a few times a week and so at a certain point it's just like okay I'm harassing your parents to talk to me but I don't want to I don't you know like I'll call once like okay they don't want to talk cool like I don't want to be constantly calling you don't want me constantly calling the child just doesn't want me constantly calling and it's just like this huge thing where I'm like I have sympathy to know like there's a lot going on teacher you know parents losing jobs like kids not having that social emotional stuff and like now like their teachers calling them like every day <laughs> like it's it's just painful all around I feel and so yeah um, I mean I yeah, remember being yeah. in school I wouldn't want my teacher calling me on the phone yeah yeah I can't super, imagine that these kids, <laughs> I can't imagine they're like oh cool let's do this again yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh look he's calling again <laughs> but yeah I uh, just personal note. I give you a lot of credit because I had by the time I finished school, I was so I I was like, man, like when people go to grad school or people become teachers, I'm constantly like, uh-huh. why would you want to go back to school? It was the worst. So I give yeah. you credit. Yeah, you know, it's a um, something that I'm passionate about. Um, I know there are kids, like, I think every child deserves at least like one teacher of color in their life. And, um, if I can be that one, then I, that brings me, that brings me happiness. Has anybody else noticed this caller has an ability to just kind of quietly say things that are actually hugely impactful? If students can have at least one teacher of color in their life, I want to be that teacher. It's beautiful. I'm going to talk more about that when we get back. Everybody, 
hope you enjoyed your break. Let's get back to the telephone call. I think every child deserves at least like one teacher of color in their life. And um, if I can be that one, then I, that brings me that brings me happiness. I'm so glad um, you brought that yeah. up. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because you just said it sort of offhandedly, but I want to underline that. Because I tell you, my wife went to a protest a couple weeks ago and there's protests mm-hmm. everywhere now. It's not just the big cities. It's very inspiring. Right. She went to one in Milburn, New Jersey, which is uh-huh. pretty wealthy area. And if you look it up, if you Google Milburn, New Jersey, their public high school is consistently ranked as one of the top public high schools in New Jersey and very often one of the top public high schools in the country. It's a high wow. level school. And wow. students from the high school organized uh, this protest and a young black woman who I think my wife said had just graduated from the school stood up mm-hmm. and said, you know, it's great to go to this high school with this, with this uh, legendary reputation that provides so many opportunities, but just for, just for everyone who's here today, I'm, I'm a black student and from kindergarten through graduation, I had one black teacher. And wow. my my wife came home and that yeah. had really hit her emotionally. When she told me it, you start to mm-hmm. think these are the little things about life that we don't think about day to day that are just standard mm-hmm. in a lot of places. I I yeah. went to West Orange High School in West Orange, New Jersey, which is a mm-hmm. town that has some very wealthy areas, has some very poor areas, and has mm-hmm. areas where it's here's where all the Irish people live, here's where all the Italian people live, here's where all the black people live. And I grew up in a very diverse town where you'd think, oh, maybe it was different than Melbourne, a few towns over. I mm-hmm. sat and thought about it. I was in a town where there was a large percentage of black students. Mm-hmm. My fourth grade teacher was black. I had a sixth grade teacher who was black. And I can't, mm-hmm. for the life of me, remember even in high school, one teacher I had who was black. Yeah. Yeah. How, sh- a, how strange. A- how yeah. strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first black teacher wasn't until my junior year of high school, and I and I had to seek out that teacher. Like I was just like I, like I, it was like an elective class that I signed up for that to be able to have him as a teacher. Can I just ask sidetrack from the other conversation we're having? What is the yeah. effect of that? What's the effect of that when you? Because um, that's for kids. Those are authority figures, and you also always mm-hmm. assume that your teachers are teaching because they are intelligent. What's the effect uh-huh. on a student of color who's not seeing any teachers of color? Right, right. Like when I was a kid, I didn't really, honestly, I didn't think much of it because like it was a, you know, it was a, it was a mostly white school. There were like a lot of like immigrants as well. Um, but um, it was mostly white kids and I didn't really think much of it. Like my parents definitely thought, you know, they, they would say things that I didn't necessarily pick up on at the time. Like, they would ask questions where like now as an adult, I'm just like, Oh yeah. Like my parents were, would go to the school and like go off on a teacher. And I'd be like, why'd they do that? That was okay that they thought it was cheating. Like I, I might've been, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and so I think like as a, as a child, I didn't see it as much as like as an adult, once I went to college and I was, I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this, that was, that wasn't okay. to to have gone so long without having like a teacher with that a teacher who was of color and a teacher who 
was different than all my other teachers. Like, even if, even if I would have had like, like a couple more just teachers of color, like I'm not, I'm not just saying black, I'm saying any teacher of color, I think my life would have been different. I think, I think that kids really benefit and kids really benefit from having somebody that they can identify with. But I also think that like, when I say every child, I mean every child. I don't just mean like every black kid deserves a black teacher. I mean like as like I think even white kids deserve like like everybody needs to be exposed to like somebody in leadership, somebody who is able to ed- somebody educating them um, who does not look like them. Um, I remember yeah. so distinctly. In, I'm also sitting here thinking about it. There, I, I, there was a black guidance counselor in my in my middle school, and I remember my freshman year science teacher. I believe was of Middle mm-hmm. Eastern background. And I don't remember anybody else who taught me who wasn't white. But I, I, I was going to yeah. say, I remember sixth grade, my social studies teacher, Mr. Alston, I loved him, loved mm-hmm. him. I uh-huh. still remember how much I loved his class. And we learned a lot about black history in sixth uh-huh. grade. And I was lucky that I had him as a teacher because I do feel like consciously on some level, but especially to a sixth grader, even subconsciously learning about a subject from someone who has it directly, who it has directly affected in a first person way is, Mm -hmm. is something that quietly is really impactful and really valuable, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then you want to hear about one of the most uncomfortable social moments in my life that that always yeah, makes yeah. me laugh. <laughs> so sixth grade, I'm taught by this teacher. And everybody who's listening to this, I mean, we're 200 and some episodes in. Everybody knows I'm a nerd. Uh-huh. And everybody knows uh-huh. I, I just sponge up info. I think that's one of the things that has made this show work over the years is I, I'm not like a brilliant guy, but I tend to know a little bit about a lot of stuff, which has helped yes. this show. It's helped this show. So I sponge up information and I loved Mr. Alston. So I worked so hard in his class and we learned about black history, sixth grade. Now in seventh grade, I believe it was during black history month. We, uh, there was a trivia contest, a black history trivia contest for the entire seventh grade. And I mentioned, so the, the breakdown of my town, I mentioned very, very diverse town, I remember in high school, they told us there were, amongst the student bodies, there were 40 different languages spoken wow. in the homes in our town. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, significant percentage of black students. And they announced, they brought us all into the lunchroom, seventh grade. Everybody's in the lunchroom. They go, we're going to announce the uh, winners of the Black History Trivia Contest. Third place, black student. Second place, black student. First place, Chris Gethard. And I think I, I like, as I stood up, because I'll never forget either, the, the prize, you know those, like, I think it was, you know how sometimes they'll make those candy bars that are like two feet long, like those big novelty Yeah, ones? yeah. I think yeah. it was a Twix bar that was like two feet long. And... I remember standing up to go get my Twix bar. And it was like, as I was standing up from my seat, not only was I realizing what the, the this situation, but I think everyone in the room, students and teachers was like, huh. Uh. Uh. 
I'm like, what? I just memorized every fact about George Washington Carver last year. Right. Like, I was just right, trying to work right. hard. And uh, yeah. I had to walk to the front of the room while a, a room full of people uh, applauded my knowledge of black history. <laughs> and I never forget being a seventh grade super nerdy. And, and if you know yeah. what I look like to the dear well, listeners yeah, out there, yeah. I look tragically white. Like I am quite pale. <laughs> and I had to schlep up there, get my Twix bar. But yeah. I, you know what? I, I was, I remember, uh, I grew up in an Irish part of town and it was, I went to school from a young age. I, I really thank God in a lot of ways for as much as I hated school. It's very diverse. I was around every type of person from a young age. Mm -hmm. And I remember laughing so hard because I, uh, I went to a table where a bunch of my black friends were sitting. And I remember being like, all right, who wants a, anybody in the mood for a piece of a Twix bar? And, we went, and it was just, we all started laughing right away of like, yeah, I better, I better not yeah, be hoarding yeah. this Twix bar on my own. This is everybody's there. Twix bar. This is a community yeah. Twix bar. That's, we all know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go over the reparations bag. I don't know. At least you're educating yourself, you know? Yeah, you know, that's what we're well, all about right now. I, I look back now, I'm proud of myself in seventh grade where I'm like, if I eat this whole Twix bar by myself, <laughs> I, am, I am just a true little dickhead. I also mm -hmm. probably be sick to my stomach. So it's got a lot of. Lot yeah, of yeah. Anyway, I've made yeah. this one about me. But I'm glad. So hearing, hearing you say part of why you enjoy being a teacher is to is to be there for kids uh -huh. to have your perspective. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I I I've only been teaching now for three years, so like I don't know, the first year in the classroom is quite hard, um, and I'm finally feeling like okay, I can I can stay in this career maybe for at least five years. Um, yeah. Must, I know I had a friend who became a teacher and, uh, the whole first year, almost every time I talked to her, she'd cry when I'd ask her how the job yeah. was going. Cause she said, it's just all about them testing you over and yeah. over again. And yeah. that the longer you teach, you start to learn these just instantly how mm -hmm. to, how to shut it down. But her first yeah. year, she said it was just constant Fresh. testing <laughs> over if you're going to be strong enough to handle them. And they know it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to be a, an engineer. I was an engineer for like five, six years. And um, I would say that teaching is 10 times harder than engineering really? ever was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, I, and, yeah. From, and I, I don't know about your situation, but from what I hear, you get paid a lot less too. You get paid a lot less. A lot less. My, yeah. My spending habits have not yet fully caught up with my new salary, but um, Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. what made you switch? Because you're in your early 30s. Most people start teaching mm -hmm. right out of college, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um, right out of I went to school for engineering, and I was I was an engineer for like five six years. It wasn't for me like it was really hard um, as far as like socially, like just working with. And I worked the place I worked. It was mostly like older white men, and so as a young black woman, it was really hard for me to like feel like I had a say. And oftentimes I would find myself just agreeing to agree and not really feeling like um, I actually cared at all. And I got to a point where I literally felt like I was just going to work and coming home and like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. And um, yeah, and teaching had always been something that I kind of wanted to do. It just didn't make sense like money wise. And um, 
So I, one day I was just like, okay, I'm going to quit and I'm going to go and do something that I want to do. And if it's not for me, then I can always go back and go back to this 40 hour work week of doing stuff I don't like. And I, I can't lie and say that like there's been times in the classroom where I was just standing there like, you know what? I could just leave <laughs> and just go back <laughs> and make money. And you're like, <laughs> you like screaming at me. <laughs> you rotten little bastards. I could be making so much more money building yeah. bridges right now. Yeah. You should be lucky to have me. <laughs> How old oh, are the kids you teach? I teach middle schoolers. Oh. So they are tough. Ooh. They know everything. <laughs> so why did you sign up for the worst type, what the worst era you know, of teaching? <laughs> you know, uh, crazy enough, the state where I used to be, like you couldn't teach high school unless you like went to school for like English, strictly English or strictly math. And apparently engineers don't take enough science <laughs> to teach science what? or enough math to teach math which was crazy because that's what I wanted to teach. I wanted to teach high schoolers. And I thought, oh, middle schoolers, they're just a little younger. Um, <laughs> little did I know they are crazy. Yeah. I love my kids, but they have some crazy things that they do that leave me wondering. Well, you're like, what I'm doing. like, oh, probably, oh, they're a little younger. That'll be easier. And then you get there and you're like, wait, half of them are adults who have just discovered full-on <laughs> sex drives. Half of them right. are playing with action figures and being made fun of for right. it. And, right. Uh, and um, they're, they're all... Oh, else. my God. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. You yeah. Know. What kind of engineering did you do? Um, I was a civil engineer. So roadways, bridges, some things like that. I worked in construction it. for a while, some design. Yeah. How good does it feel to build a bridge? It, I mean, the guys who are out there who are actually putting the things together, that's pretty cool. Um, it's cool to check like check all their work and things and do inspection work and things like that. Uh, but it's pretty cool to see like the final project. Whenever I go back to the town that I did that in, I like drive around like, yeah, I was out here. I helped make this happen. Drive um, over so a bridge. Like the most- <laughs> yeah. like, Humanity has conquered this river because of my efforts. <laughs> feel great. Yes, yes, yes. It feels good. Civil engineer. Yeah. So you and civil engineering. So you've always been someone who wants to help the world, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's all I knew. I wa- like in high school, I just knew I just want to help people. I didn't know how, but I knew that I wanted to be a helper. I didn't want to like take advantage. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I sometimes convince myself that comedy is helping because you're you're alleviating people's tension. Mm-hmm. But then I remind myself that it's by far the most narcissistic uh, <laughs> pursuit one can have. And that it's like I try to tell myself, oh, I'm giving people who had a bad day a laugh. And then I look around and I'm like, but every comedian I know is a complete egocentric lunatic. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'm sitting yeah. at the same table as all of them. Ah, shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. There's something to that. I don't know. There's something to like. Theoretically, but we're all a, a bunch of. <laughs> Like finding joy. We're all a bunch of worthless narcissists. Now, I got to say, you're telling us civil engineer decided to leave that behind, walk away from money to go deal with middle school kids so you can help them. Part of the motivation of that was to make sure these kids have a perspective that's not showing up enough amongst teachers and schools. That's going to help all the kids. And I have to imagine specifically... If you have any students who are 
female uh-huh. or black or especially female and black, this is going to mean the uh-huh. world to them. And yeah. the reason I bring all this up yeah. is to say, you're the least, you're the person probably I least want to deal with a dangerous stalker. Yeah. Yeah. You could have been like, oh yeah, yeah I work for an oil company. I work for an oil yeah. company and we just spilled. A, you could have been like, I'm a corporate lawyer and I work for an oil company that just spilled 20,000 <laughs> gallons of crude into the Gulf of Mexico. And I, I'm the mm-hmm. lawyer who helps get them out of that. And I would have been like, hey, mm-hmm. you still don't deserve to be stalked. Yeah. <laughs> but instead you're yeah. like, I'm a giving human who wants to help the world. And I've done it through a variety of ways. And now it's all about empowering children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a year. It's been a year. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. A lot of good stories come out of it. I mean, you hope so. You hope when you get on the other side and you let the trauma go and you let the PTSD go, which will take years. Yeah. And then you just hope that your ex is okay. And I hope even more that Mm -hmm. you're okay. Yeah, I'm fine. I'll be fine. I'm always, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's easy to say, but you also don't have to be tough. You don't have to be tough on an anonymous phone call, you know? That's true. That's true. That's true. Toughness, very overrated. Very overrated quality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How, um... How often do these things flare up? The, um, his mania? Yeah, like, hearing that he's um, on a balcony across from your apartment is really terrifying. I, I'm wondering, yeah. since January, is this like, oh, you know, three or four times, I've, or is it like every day I got to kind of... No, it's like, like, I, it, it was going on pretty strong for like, I would say like a month of like, him like somehow one day he got into my apartment building and like left things on my door and he uh like was wearing like a mask but everybody was wearing masks but like my neighbors was just, like no it was a mask and um he was just doing a lot of crazy things like one day I woke up went to my car and there was like a dildo on my car again I believe at our first ad break I said this caller has the ability to just drop a sentence that is in its own way Perfect. And I woke up one day and there was a dildo on my car is one of those sentences. Now I joke. It's in this context of something very scary. It's scary to find an object on your car, but I just, just want to isolate those words in order are like poetry. I woke up one day and there was a dildo on my car. Hey, we'll be right back. All right, everybody. That was our final break. So take a sip of water. Let's get ready to go. Let's finish this bad boy. One day I woke up, went to my car, and there was, like, a dildo on my car. Um, just, like, yeah. nonsense. Um, but then it, like, calmed down. So I thought, oh, he must be off my trip. Like, maybe he's, like, diverted his attention to something else. But then, like, I went to this healing event that's, like, down, like, within the radius of which he should not be. I went to an event, and um, he was there. And, like, I left, and he, like, was following me. And I had to, like, run home. And, like, then he was on my trail again for a while. So I feel like it's been, like, a good three, two, three weeks of, like, me not noticing anything. Um, but I don't know. Like, he he hadn't had a manic episode in, like, five years. So, like, they thought 
they were like, oh, you're the one who helps him not have any like outburst, you know, any episodes or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. But, yeah. I yeah. got, yeah. I actually yeah. got um, semi stalked many years ago. Yeah. Many years ago. And it was terrifying. It was, it was for like a, about two months. How did it, uh, how did it end out? Uh, did well, they stop or? It, well, you know, it was this guy, he showed up in New York to take a comedy class that I happened to be in. And right after the first class, he kind of cornered me and was like, I really like your vibe, man. We should be, I, I would, he, uh, he's never going to hear this. This was, geez, almost, it's probably 19. Yeah. It's about 19 years ago. He showed up and he, he brought this sketch in and it was just wild, just all over the map. And everyone in the room was just kind of disturbed. And then, of course, because I'm me, I'm like cackling with laughter. Like, who, what, what was that <laughs> insanity? And then he <laughs> cornered me. Hey, man, you really get my vibe. I like your vibe. We got to be working together. And I was like, ugh. Uh. First day, he followed me around Manhattan for about three hours. <gasps> and I was, I was like, hey, man, you know, I got to I gotta go. I, I got to drive back to Jersey. And he's like, cool, I'll come with you. I want to know what your car no. looks like. And I was like, oh, no. here we go. And then I actually ducked into the theater's office and he just waited. I was like, hey, there's a meeting. I, I, I got to go to this meeting. You can't come. And he waited outside. And, I was, and then for about two months, because he, was he wasn't from New York. He was staying in New York to take this class. And the class was two months long. And every show I did, he'd show up and wait for me after. And uh, Wow. I'd go to the bar after the show and he'd be there to corner me. And then, you know, all my friends were comedians, so they'd be messing with me doing bits. And like, I'd show up at the theater and they'd be like, oh yeah, this guy showed up and they'd say his name. He had this nickname. Wow. And he showed up and uh, he said he was a casting director looking to get in touch with you. So we gave him your number and I'd be like, oh God. No. And, then, and then they'd see me like break down in a panic and realize, oh God, this isn't a joke. So the whole community around my theater was very aware of this and started really looking mm -hmm. out. And then he eventually just had to move back to where he came from. But it's funny because I Googled his nickname years later and found out he was, he was kind of sort of similarly harassing a very famous author kind of showing up wow. at every signing he did. So oh. luckily he found someone more notable to, to bother. Yeah. So maybe you just need to yeah. convince your ex that. Um, yeah. Send him some nice people his way. Yeah. If you're like, oh, hey, no, there's, I wouldn't do that. There's other, <laughs> other stalkable people. Maybe you want. Yeah. Go for broke. Go for broke. Go yeah. Broke. Yeah, so, point being, I, mean, I, I have not dealt with it like you have um, at all, but I know that feeling of like, I'm going to park my car and I'm going to, yeah. you know, I remember that um, I had, to, yeah. I had to park two blocks away. Is mm -hmm. this motherfucker going to note it? If I had yeah. parked on the block, I could have just ducked right into the seat. Now I'm going to walk two blocks and I'm fucking scared. And yeah. it sucks. Yeah. Living that way sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Looking both sucks. ways. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, at first I was going to say, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, at first I was the guy I was thinking like, oh, well, you know, it is hard to make friends in your adult life. Like, but then I'm like, no, that three hours is a lot. Yeah, I mean, and it went on for, for months. the initial interaction. Yeah. I remember once yeah. sneaking out the back exit of the theater after a show and then I turned a corner and he, he, 
he was stand, I was with a friend. I was actually with Jack McBrayer, who went on to be in Thirty Rock. And we turned the corner. We had walked like the long way to go to the mm-hmm. bar, and uh, we turned a corner. And he was standing there, and he's like, "Oh, so you thought you could avoid me?" And I was like, "What? Whoa!" <laughs> so it was Whoa. real. It was real. But yeah. I, you know, I, it was. It yeah. was. But it. Again, it, it, it he just felt like an obsessive comedy fan. This is not what you're dealing yeah. with. This is not what you're dealing with. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah. I yeah. I had my similar. I had my. I've had my similar strangeness. Um, yeah. I'm really worried. I'm really worried. You're so casual and laid back about it, but this is a very worrisome thing. There's got to be actions that can be taken. Have to be. Have to be. There have yeah. to be ways to get the police to pay attention. There have to be ways to underline to them, this is a serious situation. You're not taking me seriously. I wonder if there's mm-hmm. domestic abuse organizations that that understand how to intervene or understand how to mm-hmm. use their clout to get more serious mm-hmm. attention paid to this. Because I've been kind of joking around trying to make you laugh throughout it, but we got 12 minutes left. And I want to I wanna underline, I am someone who has been diagnosed as bipolar before. I understand how you can be justifying behavior in your own mind that doesn't really make sense. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. You're a cool customer and you're very strong, but there have got to be actions that can be taken. And if that means being a pain in the ass to the powers that be, I feel like that needed to start yesterday. If it's asking his mom to do a favor and say, Mm -hmm. can you, can we on a, on, can we right now have a three-way call, call the police so we can both reiterate Mm-hmm. that this is dangerous it, it needs to happen they yeah. need to take it yeah. seriously right now right now all jokes yeah. aside yeah. all diversions aside yeah so yeah yeah and i've been working with like the the different what is it the domestic abuse center and all those people um and it really is like the squeaky tire thing where like the day that i was like calling every hour like they were like okay we got the we got the order process and it's just like that wouldn't have happened as quickly because like COVID, you can't like just go in and knock on doors. Of course. Um, and it, but it yeah. also needs to be a police thing. It, 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 yeah. it has to be unfor- unfortunately, even though there's a massive yeah. sense of distrust worldwide right now for yeah. the police, it's, yeah. it's almost something to be said of like, Hey, you guys, the public relations is that you guys don't prioritize your energy in the right area. Help me. I need help. You can't okay. be moving every few months. You can't be mo- moving every no. few months. Can't be doing it. No. Nope. You can't nope. be living in fear that he's going to find out your next address. You can't be changing your phone number all the time. This is mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. you have raised the red flags that needed to be raised. The system needs to help you. Needs mm-hmm. to. So mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. for as cool as you're playing it, I want to let you know, I got your back hard with that. And they need to step up. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. They need to step up or get out. Like, I'm on, like, I'm right, right now, I'm just like, the police, they need to go somewhere. Like, these acts, like, these, these other, like, the organizations have been doing more help for me than anybody, like, helping me figure out where to move and things like that. And so, um, where the police have just been like recording, you know, they show up an hour later with a notepad or whatever. Well, look, um, so I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not here trying to scare you, but what's it going to take? Do you have to sit down right. to them and go, great. So you've got right. this all written down for what? After he tries to 
throw right. me in the back of a car and drive away with me after right. he's right. after he's not in my hallway, he's in my house and uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I have to spend yeah. a few terrifying hours figuring out how to get out of there. Like that's true. Are you taking notes so retroactively when something happens you can right. map the timeline? Okay. No. Right, right. They right. need to stop right. sitting there waiting for something bad to happen. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah, yeah. How about you park Go park the tank in the garage, take off the fucking riot gear, put the rubber bullets away, and look out for someone in your community who, by the way, pays your fucking salary. This is the type of shit. Uh, I'm mad again. And I keep. We're on the same page, though. There's so many tanks where I live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many tanks where I live, so many helicopters, There's so much craziness where I'm at. Um, where it, it is truly like, what are you guys doing out there? Just standing? <laughs> you guys are just standing in formation, chilling. And like, I've gone to a bunch of protests and it's just like, they're not, like, we're not doing anything. We're just here chilling, trying to just live. And I don't know. And we, when we tell you we actually have something dangerous, you don't scare. And well, I don't know. It's the exact type of thing. Ooh, I'm getting mad again. And it's, it was only a few episodes that I was ranting and raving, but when people say defund the police and I see people online, I see people in my sphere who I follow going, so what, we're just going to not have cops on the street? It's going to be anarchy. No, no, no. What we're saying is this exact situation you're in, maybe we could have one less helicopter flying over protesters spend the helicopter money to have some other people in the police department who don't have guns, but they have expertise in how to help someone who's being stalked. That's what defund the police means. Can we have less tanks and more resources for people who are being told, oh, wow, yeah, that sucks. Um, Try to watch your own back. No, you watch my back. My taxes pay you, you watch my back. Instead right, of dressing right. up as super soldiers <laughs> to flex your <laughs> fucking tough guy like. muscles. Oh my goodness. They're crazy. Flex They're crazy. your tough guy muscles all day. Or yeah. you could help someone. And maybe don't create a world where you have to sit there and debate. Do I feel safe calling the police on my mentally ill ex-boyfriend? Because I think the police might kill him. That's yeah. what defund the police means. Have some yeah. people yeah. whose expertise is to intervene in this situation. And not mm-hmm. all those people. Guess what? Not only do those people not need guns, it might be really bad to approach a mentally ill person in a manic yeah. episode with a gun. Yeah. It might freak yeah. them out. Yeah. And they have some superhero strength. <laughs> they got to help you. That's yeah. It's, yeah. This, yeah. It's, yeah. This is infuriating. Yeah. Yeah, you're a th- defund the police, abolish the police, pay teachers more, get rid of, get rid of the riot gear, get rid of the helicopters because I can't sleep at night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to triple yeah. check that every door and window is locked, and you, yeah. you've oh, yeah. done the right thing. You've done the yeah. right thing. You went to the people who should be helping you. They're not helping you. Mm-hmm. Help! Help! We're talking to somebody who's a middle school teacher who literally spent the prior part of her life building bridges, which is a phrase we use metaphorically to talk about connecting society in a more positive way. You did it literally. 
Yeah. <laughs> help, help this person. If you are a listener to this show and you know any resources that can help our caller, leave comments in the Facebook group or tweet at me and Anita and Jared, we're going to, I'm telling you, we're going to keep your email address so that if someone comes through and goes, this is nonsense. I've dealt with it before. Here's the organizations that actually get shit done. Usually we stay totally anonymous, but I, I'm, I'm never going to know your name, but we're going to email you that stuff because it's nonsense. Okay. It's nonsense what you're saying. How many times okay. have you been down to the precinct? Oh, more time. I mean, if I were to tell you what was going on in my precinct, I wouldn't be anonymous anymore. So, so we're talking from January. Has it been more than a dozen times that you've tried to go? It's been more than a dozen times that I've made phone calls. So you've reached out to the police over a dozen times and mm -hmm. said, a person has broken into my apartment building. Mm -hmm. They have stood on a yeah. balcony across from my apartment building. They have left and objects on my car. Robbery. <laughs> and that's the uh, best. Yeah, that's the best you can do. Charging with robbery for somebody else, some well-meaning white person who lives across. The you know, like cool. Right. But you right. don't listen to me. If that it, makes me feel some type of way, but yeah. If he puts on a mask cool. and breaks into your building, ah, good luck with that. But if he yeah, might, if yeah. he might steal a piece of plastic patio furniture off a balcony. Right. Well, we could yeah. put a monetary. We could put a monetary number on that. Yeah. And capitalism yeah. is out of control. Mm -hmm. Got no ethics, so yeah, we don't want him stealing your barbecue equipment. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. one. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so they've put you in a position where the best you can do is literally pray that he commits other crimes before he commits a yeah. crime against you. Right. Yeah. People want yeah. to tell me this system isn't completely fucked in the head. Yeah. We got three minutes left. Anything else you want to say? You're, you, you are a kind and giving person who does not deserve what's happening. And I'm so sorry that the system is failing that. you. What else? What else? Yeah. I've talked too much. Uh, I can't think of anything else. Um, um, I, I, I just feel like there's a lot going on. And I just, I just uh, pray that um, people find compassion. And people don't look at black people differently and that, you know, you treat our kids like they're kids. And like when they become adults, don't treat them like murderers. Um, yeah. I initially, when you said don't treat black people differently, I initially thought you meant like, hey, just maintain how things have been going. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no you mean that. don't treat them as if they are different from other kids. Not, right, right, not right. Like, hey, right, don't, right. no need to treat anybody differently. Yes, no, massive no, no, need no, to treat, treat people differently. <laughs> massive. Yeah, yeah. Necessary, yeah, immediate. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I mean, immediately. Yeah. Words have multiple meanings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> no, can you, no one. Can you imagine if anyone took that away? Oh, at, <laughs> at 58 minutes. Oh, I guess I misinterpreted that. <laughs> Caller just wants things yeah. to keep going. Status quo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thank a teacher. Yeah. So, yeah and, oh, else, really. here's another thing I'll say. Again, you want me to get mad at the system and how capitalism has gotten out of control? The mm -hmm. fact that there's a website where, where my neighborhood schools, I can go on and have to buy school supplies for the teachers. 
Yeah. The fact that that yep. website exists is a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. but also completely heartbreaking and disgusting that when that website was founded and the government didn't go shame on us, mm-hmm. yeah. a- absolutely baffling that yeah. you, that you yeah. te- that teachers have to buy their own literal markers and paper and art mm-hmm. supplies. Yeah. Have and to go, on, go online and know. do GoFundMes begging for yeah. that. Unforgivable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, the police get all the money. So yeah, uh, yeah. The exact type: defund the police and give the teachers. Yeah, because you've been defunding the teachers for years. Yeah, <laughs> let's be real. Defund, defund the police and refund the teachers. Maybe that should be the yeah. full phrase. Yeah, that should be the phrase. That should be the phrase. Yeah, we got ten seconds left. This has been mm-hmm. a uh, an eye opening call. I thank you for for trusting me and letting me rant and rave. And I really hope this stuff resolves itself and that uh that people people step up to the plate and do their jobs because mm-hmm. you spend your whole life helping others. You deserve to have some people help you. Thanks for that. What else? I hope I didn't talk too much. Did I talk did I talk too much? Was I steamrolling? You're good. I feel bad. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. It's that thing as a white guy right now. We had an episode a few weeks ago. There's another black female caller and people were like, Gether, you were talking too much. And I'm like, but I'm so mad, but I'm also 40 and balding and white. I got to learn how to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. trying. I'm trying. No. I'm trying. You're, you're good. You're good. I'm trying. I'll get better. I'll get better. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for talking and putting up with me. No, thank you for taking my call. I'm, yeah, I've been trying to get through for a while, and it was crazy to, you know, get a chance to talk to you today. Caller, thank you for calling. Thanks for trusting me with your story. In those last few minutes, I really started yelling, but but there were a couple points where you kept saying, eh, it'll be fine. It'll work itself out. And I just want to say, I, I, I hope that's true. I want everything to turn out fine. Just like I said, man, people got to step up. People got to step up, do their jobs. And, and I needed to shout about that because you are too classy and kind to shout about that. I am I am neither of those things. So I hope that it's okay that I did that. Thank you to Anita Flores and Jared O'Connell in the booth. Thank you, Shellshack, for the music. If you like the show, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It genuinely helps when you do. And we only have, what, the past six months or so episodes out there. If you want to hear... So many of them. I mean, we've got like 200 and something of these things. StitcherPremium.com. It's a bunch of our beautiful follow-ups calls, a bunch of live shows you can't get everywhere else. And that's just us. There's also hundreds and hundreds of other shows. Stitcher Premium. I'll see you next time. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous... Our caller experienced some tragedy in her life, and it completely transformed her personally, politically, in every way. So I just kind of started to ask myself, do I really believe this? Do I really think this way? Do I sound like this? And um, it kind of it kind of led me down this path. It took forever for years probably up until maybe three, four years ago, I started, I realized I was 
an atheist. And so that's like the complete opposite. I grew up, people thought I was going to be a nun when I was little, and I grew up and ended up an atheist. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.